welcome to another episode of More Content Talk. That's the only show that cuts through the glam, the glitz, and all the bullshit to bring you the truthiest news that we can find. Are you an optimistic person? Are you optimizing your optimism in an optimal, optometrical way to optimize your optimization? Or are you not optimizing your optimization and therefore minimizing your optimization, in which case you need to increase your optimization or something? Are you that type of person reading these uh, articles online that talk about the benefits of an positive outlook on life. It's quite possible that that may not be the best outlook on life after all. And I'm not saying that to ruin your time. I'm saying that to bring you back down to earth and perhaps um, provide you with a bit of sanity in um, what many people call these difficult times. That's kind of a catchphrase now, right? These difficult times. People seem to say that anytime something bad happens, these difficult times, as opposed to the difficult times that happened two seconds prior, um, before the next bad news broke. So in these difficult times, since there are so many of these difficult times, it's important to remember to keep your optimism in check, because optimism can become a bias. Now, how so? Well, let's see. Let's see if perhaps this sounds like you. I'm going to be reading from an article by Jessica Muddit that was published just this year on April 29th, 2021, and it is from the BBC. Life hasn't been easy. As a child, she was bullied. As an adult, she faced abuse, along with the breakdown of two marriages and recurring health problems, including being hit by a truck in 2016. Last year, COVID-19 wiped out the 52-year-old's livelihood as a pastry chef. To make ends meet, the single mother of four in Melbourne, Australia, has been volunteering at a food bank in exchange for food parcels and also selling second-hand furniture. She stayed productive during the long months of lockdown by writing a book, taking courses, and rejigging her pastry business to include an online component. I saw the pandemic as a new chapter in my life, she says. It wasn't a bad chapter and it will be over soon. Right now, I'm honestly pretty excited about the future and where my business is going. The kids are older, and I feel that my time is going to be a bit more freed up. I've heard a lot of people sounding like that. They, they instead of um, analyzing the, the situation at hand, what they'll do is they'll kind of um, hyper-focus on the positive. Um, you didn't lose your job. You have more time. I mean, that's a way to look at it. And, you know, I, I certainly think that I've been guilty of this too. But you also need a job, right? Like, it's not like you can just do this forever. So, you know, eventually, um, <laughs> whenever people stop being so selfish and, uh, you know, that complicates things because with the rise of COVID and everything, you have to make sure you find a job that's safe. But, you know, as I am and as I'm sure many people who are unemployed actually are, you know, still very much looking for those opportunities because I know that, you know, um, the United States of America is not going to, you know, allow me to be on aid forever. That's just not going to happen. So, um, 
and that's for various reasons it's not just because of you know the the government is mean it's also because the the left wing in this country has gotten very lazy um but that's beside the point with this episode the point is is that i could sit around and assume that some miracle in congress will happen where everyone will you know come together and decide on some plan that works for everyone or i can plan for the worst and what a lot of people who are optimists fail to realize is that that's that's kind of the default setting that you should always have you should always be thinking okay what what's the worst that could happen not trying to weasel your way out of um, thinking negatively which you know thinking negatively is just being rational by the way that's all it really is it's just like i said before it's murphy's law you whatever can go wrong will go wrong unless you prepare for it and um i dare you to disprove that i don't think that you can i don't think anyone can disprove that you have to prepare for the worst but if you look at what's going on here what does she say i saw the pandemic as a new chapter in my life first of all it's a very generic thing to say it doesn't really mean anything your your life is not a book that someone wrote that has some destination you're the one in control of your life and you decide where you go what you do at any given moment no one is you know forcing you with a bunch of um you know fancy metaphors to go here or there so the whole chapter in the in life thing is a little silly if you think about it and then actually after using that very poor what i think is a very poor metaphor for life in general as if it's just some kind of silly story um it wasn't a bad chapter it wasn't a bad chapter it wasn't bad to have so many health problems and to be bullied as a child and to face abuse and to have a breakdown of two marriages and recurring health problems and you got hit by a truck and then you you lost your livelihood and then you know you have you're reduced to working you know at a food bank for parcels of food you're not even getting a paycheck i mean and then you had to sell furniture second i mean I, I, what wait a minute what do you mean it's not a bad chapter it is a bad chapter it's a very bad chapter this is a horrible things that happened to this woman and um she's not recognizing it that's the problem it, it, you, when you say things like don't complain that's what you do to people they they start to value themselves so little that they won't rec they won't even recognize that they have problems anymore because they know that no one's going to listen and they're just going to tell them you know well get over it and move on but this woman should have some right i think to <laughs> to say that her life is bad i mean if you have that many bad things happen to you in a row and then you know it's not as if I'm telling this woman to, you know, lie down and weep or anything like that. I'm saying she has to deal with the trauma that she's had, and she's not. She's glossing over it and moving on to the next thing, and she doesn't really have that concrete of a plan here. It's just kind of, well, things will turn out all right, and that's not always the case. That's not true. Things don't always turn out all right unless you put um, effort into life. Um, it's, it's a lot of work. It's like, you know, even staying home, um, I put a lot of effort in the caring for my family. Um, I, you know, cook all the time and 
clean all the time and things like that and it's a lot of work it's not it's not just like i'm sitting around all day you know like you carry for a young child i'm sure anyone who has a child knows it's a it's a lot of work you know so even just you know what what a lot of people like to refer to and i get so irritated by that by the way like you try to you try watching like you know these set of these kids because people would say that to me when i was a teacher too say oh well you're just you just you know around kids yeah yeah all day all day and it's a it's a constant struggle it's that it's not a terrible thing but you know you have to clean up after the person you have to you know make sure they're clothed you have to make sure they're not eating something off the floor you look away from them two seconds they're trying to run away from you i mean this is a this is a thing that's a full-time task and it takes work but (laughs) if i if i don't recognize that that it takes work and i just assume that that's some sort of normal way of being i'm not gonna appreciate myself as a person and i'm i'm not gonna be a good effective um parent so that's what I'm referring to here is um, there's a lot of dismissiveness when it comes to the reality of the pain that people are going through. And I don't think that that's very good for anyone. Um, this is known as optimism bias, something that 80% of the global population possessed to some degree. Thinking positively is an evolutionary hallmark because it facilitates envisioning what is possible this is from the article again by the way allowing us to be courageous and innovative levels of optimism bias vary according to our mental state and current circumstances and there are ways to temper or increase it that's good because the surfeit of optimism can lead to underestimating risk understanding where you sit on the optimism spectrum can help you adjust for your bias and maybe even make better choices underestimating risk that's the key if you are so gung-ho about the chances that you're taking and you just think it's all about confidences, you underestimate the potential negative outcomes. And that makes your um, journey toward your goal more difficult, much more difficult. It doesn't make it easier. Um, wearing rose-colored glasses just means you have glasses on. It doesn't mean that life is roses. It's a pretty simple principle, but I think a lot of times people forget that because of all the catchphrases out there today. So at the root, and this is continued from the article again, at the root of optimism bias are two assumptions. First, that we possess more positive traits than the average person. Second, that we have some kind of control over the world around us without optimism bias. The human species would not have progressed, says Shelley Laslett, CEO of Sydney-based Vide.coach, which uses neuroscience and technology as a business coaching tool. Laslett credits optimism bias as the trait that allows us to try new, potentially difficult things because it provides us with a certain amount of confidence that doing so will go well. It also stops us from worrying over uncertainties such as the future. What is most surprising about this bias, uh, says uh, Tali Shara, a professor of cognitive neuroscience at University College London, is that it is resistant in the face of reality. 
Despite unexpected negative events happening to us or seeing them on the news, it is the positive events that tend to leave the biggest impression on our belief system. We simply learn better from good things happening around us, which perpetuates the bias. Bad things tend to be given less credence and some people ignore them altogether. This is such an important article for anyone who wants to understand failure and success. Of course, there are some people who just do things right on a whim and they take chances and it turns out right. Do you know why there are those people? Because there's so many people in the world that it's bound to work from time to time. So that's not a good mathematical measure of how to achieve success. And this is what I've mentioned on, you know, all my social media accounts and the show before. If you look at a person and you try to who's successful and you mirror their behavior, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's far more important to understand the mistakes of all those who failed, which there are ample, ample amounts of. And, and by doing that, you could very easily not only draw yourself a, a map to success, but obtain and maintain that success. Because you'll know what not to do instead of just what to do. But you hear this, it says, um, when it comes to the news, the positive events tend to leave the biggest impression on our belief system. So the good things, when people talk about things like hope or change or, um, you know, bipartisanship, you know, they work together. Woo, good. Not necessarily, by the way, but we see things like teamwork as good. Um, all the top stories in the news that are that you'll come away feeling good about are specifically designed that way to kind of pull on your heartstrings and um, get you feeling good about whatever little policy they're trying to push through Washington at the particular time. Uh, you see a lot of stories about people overcoming. Um, I saw, you know, it was this one particular, um, it's a, a health service system that's, that's called something like the ministry, ministry Health or something like that services. And it's a scam because they're basically selling you insurance, but they're not going to cover you, you know, for certain um, ailments that could be considered secular, like alcoholism. Or, you know, if you got AIDS and that they, they need to see documentation about where you got it from. Or, otherwise, they'll just refuse treatment to you because, you know, um, having sex is a sin or whatever stupid thing. So this is a scam. But they had such a beautiful um, marketing commercial because it was about this. It was this woman who was like, finally, you know, like. I don't have to pay for other people's abortions anymore and all this nonsense. Um, and I don't have to support some alcoholic's lifestyle. Yeah, but at the same time, you're not going to get the health coverage. And it's and there was this one couple that received a bill for $320,000. And this is supposed to be a Christian health care service. So this is this is um, privatized health care. This is this is that's the real reason that they want 
to take away Obamacare so that they can sell it to you at a higher cost. But you see, when you when you watch the TV and you see the news and you see the person talking about um, all these positive things, like you won't have to pay for things you don't like anymore, you'll be able to control your insurance, you'll be able to decide when you go to the doctor, they sell it in a way that sounds so good that people fall for it and buy it. And then when they need help, they suffer. And so this is why... You, you know, trimming away um, at least a little bit at the optimism that you currently possess is so tantamount to your survival, not only your um, financial um, situation, but the situation of your life, like your life, you know, is really in danger when you engage in this kind of unbridled optimism. It's not how life is meant to be lived. People with optimism bias think, I'll do the right thing by taking precautions, and therefore I'm less likely to get COVID-19 than others, explained Shiro, who has written multiple books on optimism. They may also believe they are healthier than the average person or have genes that make them more resi resistant, and all of that is nonsense. That's not true. An overabundance of optimism, this is continued from the article, can lead to an inadequate assessment of potential hazards. A common example is planners underestimating budgets and time frames. It could also mean failing to take out insurance, or not wearing a helmet while cycling, or maybe even catching COVID-19 through complacency. And I've talked to you about that before. You really want to have a positive outlook on life when there's a <laughs> when the, the deadliest pandemics you'll ever live through do you really want to have that positive outlook do you really want to say well let's let's uh let's let's go without the mask today i mean who needs it right <laughs> that's really stupid well well i should be allowed why why should you be allowed i don't understand i hear people when they say and by here i don't mean understand i mean i heard you when, when you whined about, you know, it's covering my face and no one can see my beautiful smile and all this, you know, political theater that the right has engaged in. But I got to tell you, before uh, the pandemic, all I saw was a bunch of, you know, angry, kind of nasty, mean faces from the right, especially when Trump was in office. I saw a lot of scowls. I didn't see any smiles. I'll tell you that much. They weren't they weren't giving out free hugs. I'll tell you that much. Who the hell do you think these people are? They got white supremacists working for them. It's time for you to stop it with the, the positive outlook. You can't have a positive outlook on white supremacy. You can't. There's nothing positive about it. And even if you're white, they'll find something that they don't like about you eventually. It's like I told you before. They were, um, they were harming white cops. They didn't care. That's not going to save you. It's it's about much more than, than just being white and black. It's this whole political philosophy about life and, you know, there's certain people with good genes. And I guarantee you, 9 of 10 of you that are listening ain't going to have those genes and probably 10 out of 10 because it's a very small clique that they're with. Okay? So these are not the people you want in charge, but your optimism bias is kind of making you try to see the good in these people. But there are no good. Sometimes there is no good in people. Have you seen these um, people in these court cases 
when they find them out finally and they've been pretending the whole time that they didn't do it and they lie and they lie and they they keep lying and they do it for months sometimes sometimes years and they keep like no 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 it wasn't me and then and then the 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 plaintiff will sit there and show them the evidence right and then what do they do they look you in the face and they say oh fuck you so what yeah i did it and they stare at you like you're an idiot right that's a lack a complete lack <laughs> of what you would refer to as goodness which is really just empathy but they don't have it and so all of this uh, prognostication about trying to find the good in people it's it's just not where it's at sorry to say Only 10% of people are considered bias-free, yet one in two people with optimism bias believe themselves to be bias-free. Isn't that interesting? Everyone thinks, everyone thinks, most people, that's about 67%. Um, oh, excuse me, it's a 50%, not 67, so I said two and three. But no, it's a one in two, so 50% of uh, people believe themselves to be bias-free. Another 10% have pessimism bias, with lawyers often found among this group. It's unclear if it's because more pessimistic people decide to become lawyers or whether being trained to look for the worst-case scenario reduces optimism. So, again, it's a, it's a tricky balance because I don't encourage people to look for the worst-case scenario. I don't think that you should focus on that necessarily either, but I do think that you should recognize the fact that things will go wrong and prepare so that they don't so you shouldn't really focus on either age has perhaps the most striking influence optimism bias reaches rock bottom in midlife uh, says Shiro one reason may be stress because we know from experiments that stress reduces optimism bias Stress is highest during midlife, potentially because there's a lot going on with taking care of kids, elderly parents, and leading busy professional lives. <laughs> professional lives. Not for millennials, for everyone else, but not for us. <laughs> there's, a, there's a clause in the new um, bipartisan infrastructure bill that says millennials will not be allowed to ever have a job or an income. That's a special clause that um, Joe Manchin added just to fuck people like me over <laughs> it's called the anti-millennial bill anyway nah I'm just kidding congress passed that when I was born <laughs> uh, I kid I kid so um, researchers have found that optimism bias is a product of both nature and nurture Studies of twins, for example, show that genetics play a 30 to 40% role with nurture accounting for the rest. That's useful because understanding the role optimism bias plays in your life and learning how to influence your own levels of optimism can help you harness its benefits and avoid its pitfalls. So that's what this episode was all about. I'm not trying to rain on your parade or, you know, I don't know, make you sad or whatever. I, all I'm trying to do with this episode is make you realize that if you were constantly looking at the bright side, you're not going to be able to see after a while because you're staring in the fucking sun. That's all. That's really all. If you 
are either too optimistic or too pessimistic, you will screw yourself over. I don't think the answer is necessarily a happy medium, though. I think that you do need to really take serious precautions when it comes to many things in life. And uh, the more you take those precautions, I think the more um, you have cause for maybe being a little bit more optimistic. All right, everyone. Um, thanks for joining me on the show today. Hey, if you like this show, please share it all over social media. Sharing is caring, especially if it's uh, more content. So uh, please share more content talk um, to all your lovely friends and relatives and enemies. You know, them too. <laughs> Just like spam your, your, your enemies with my show. That sounds like a good pretty good way to go um uh you can find us at more content talk on youtube as well as tiktok and of course um that other one instagram yeah that's right <laughs> that one that one you know and uh you hey look have a wonderful day evening afternoon fiesta siesta downtime chill time lunchtime nap time party time whatever it may be and remember when life gets you down you can always laugh at something else. Farewell, folks.